Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, we've got tons of listeners today, tons of viewers today. We're glad to have you with us. We're expanding overseas. Hey, look, if you missed last week's episode, we had Paulina Reichikoff. She's the lead economist from Sunday.com. She was here to educate people on all things real estate. What happened in 2021? What happened in 2022? What you can expect here for the remainder of the year? You can always go to savingwithsteve.us website to look for episode 73, which is the Pauline episode, which from last week, you want to check it out. It'll make a big difference if you're interested in buying and selling real estate. Now this week, hey, it's in time to pack those bags to sort through the bucket list of dream vacations because they nearly half of Americans are ready to hit the road this year. According to a recent Value Penguin survey, Americans are planning to spend big on travel and many will be keeping their eyes peeled for travel rewards, credit cards to help offset some of those costs. We have Sophia Mendel from Travel Penguin. She's a world traveler. She's an expert in uh, credit card rewards and travel rewards. So stick around for that. But first, I'm going to be walking you through the new legislation that just passed the House. Uh, It's called the Securing a Strong Retirement Act. Now, a lot of people are referring to it as the Secure Act 2, which came in in 2019. And they're looking at making some changes. Now, I'm not going to go over all the political stuff, but I will say this. The vote was 414 to 5. That means it's a bipartisan Republican-Democrat. They're both looking to secure everybody's retirement. And here's some of the things they're talking about so I could tell you about what it really means to you. Now, the first swing is this. If you're an employer and have 10 or fewer employees, okay, or your business has been in business for less than three years, you're excluded from this next one. But if you have 10 or more employees and been in business for more than three years, they, you know what? They're looking at having their employers require employees to automatically enroll their employees in a 401k plan with the employee saving 3% of their uh, income each year and have that increase by 3% until 10% of their pay. Now, this is really designed to get people to save so they can have a retirement. Next, catch-up contributions. You know, if you're 50 or older, okay, you can make contributions on top of the 20,500 you can add to a 401k, you can add 6,000 now. And, uh, and then for those who, are, who qualify in 2022, you an extra 6,500. But with the, both the House and the Senate, their bills are aimed at adding $10,000 as a catch-up contributions for people 62, 63, 64 in 2024. 
And if you're in a simple IRA or a simple plan, it'll allow you to contribute 5,000 instead of three, which is big. Now, some plans would just like that if you're over the age of 60, you can add an extra 10,000. This is wonderful for people who are looking to catch up or late savers. So there's an opportunity here. Now, next, the required minimum distributions. We all know that people are working longer. Secure Act 2019 said, hey, we moved to required minimum distribution from the age of 70 and a half to 72. The new legislation would put the required minimum distribution not starting till age 73, beginning in 2023, 74 in 2030, and 75 in 2023. On top of that, for individuals who have less than $100,000 in aggregate requirement savings, guess what? They won't have to take a required minimum distribution. And if you forget to take it, right now there's a 50% penalty. And if it gets voted in, there will only be a 25% penalty. On top of that, there's things like they, they see the, the benefit of an annuity, and it's done through what's called a qualified longevity annuity contract, or affectionately known as a QLAP. Once you've purchased an annuity, you can specify when you want the income to start. Now, right now, the limits are $135,000 or 25% of your value of your retirement account, whichever's less, but both of the bills would cap the tw- uh, would remove the 25% cap and the measure would also increase the max amount owed or allowed into QLAC of $200,000. Now, here's the thing that you want to know. Yes, this is past the House. It has to pass the Senate, and President Biden's got to sign off it. But when you have both sides of the fence saying, yeah, this is something we're going to do, it's really about matter of them working out the language. You can see something that should come before the end of the year, and by golly, folks, it could make a big difference in your life because this is really about the title. And that title of the bill is not Secure Act 2, but the title of that bill is the Retirement Security, uh, Securing a Strong Retirement Act. It's called a Securing a Strong Retirement Act. So that's a biggie. Now, look, if you want to stick with us, we're going to be right back. We have Sophia Mendel uh, Value Penguins. She's got some great information for you, especially if you're looking to travel. We're going to unpack the survey from Value Penguin and a whole lot more. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. 
Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show again, where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a happier, healthy relationship with money. First of all, I want to thank Sophia Mendel for joining us today. She's a credit card and travel rewards writer, travel expert with Value Penguin, where she views the top credit cards, travel reward programs to make them more digestible for consumers like us today. Her, uh, her induction into the points and miles have completely re- revolutionized the way she travels. She's an expert in the travel space, having visited over 40 countries and lived in five. Her work has been featured on Value Penguin, Lonely Planet, Hostile World, Boots and All, Transition Abroad. She documents her worldwide travels on her blog, The Unbounded Traveler. So, hey, if you want to check out her blog, go to The Unbounded Traveler. I know people love checking out blogs, especially when it comes to travel and all the little tips. Sophia, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm really, really glad. Now, you know what? One of the big things about our guests, everybody likes to know, how did you get into loving to travel? You know, when you've been to 40 countries and travel and you're writing, you kind of got to be a little bit of a travel nerd. So how did that be? How did that all come about? Yeah, no, I'm a total travel nerd, complete. (laughs) I I honestly, I mean, it's a pretty basic way to start out, but I fell in love with travel after a semester studying abroad in Madrid, Spain. Um, And then I stayed on afterwards and I traveled around to almost the rest of the countries in Europe, not quite all of them, but uh, many of them. And I just, I couldn't stop after that. After college, I then moved to Argentina for a while and then back to the States and I've just been bopping around and doing my thing. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. I think that's great. Um, You know what, my, my experience with travel is I had to go travel for work and Europe and the Pacific Rim. Uh, and the, the cool thing I liked about it, even though I work, was the fact that I was actually get to know the people because I was there from yeah. anywhere from one month to three or four months, and sometimes Definitely. six or eight. But I mean, you really got to know people and understand how they yeah. live and the way they think and how crazy people think other countries are just because of their <laughs> own perspective. Uh, so yeah. it just was really interesting. So Absolutely. today, I'd like to talk about Travel Penguin survey and, you know, the big headline for that survey, it says, you know what, you have nearly half of travelers have been, got all this pent up demand to go travel because of the last couple of years. So, you know, kind of walk us through what's going on there. What are people looking at? What should people be doing with they're looking at traveling? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I think it's probably pretty unsurprising to hear that more people are ready to travel after an almost two year hiatus during COVID-19. So, um, I mean, I, I would say these findings are super optimistic and maybe not particularly shocking, um, for, especially for people that have been, you know, itching to get out there and travel, but it's been impossible. So um, yeah, I would recommend anybody looking towards travel this year to for sure, step one is open a travel rewards card. Um, You can just get so untold amounts of value from opening a travel rewards card. You know what? I I just saw this the other day, um, Southwest, you know, you get those little emails. They'll say, hey, open up this card. We'll give you 50,000 points. Right. And then when you take a look at what 50,000 points will get you, that could be seven, eight trips. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Or one major trip, you know, overseas. It really depends on, you know, what your travel goals are. But for sure, that's super useful. So when you're looking at the the travel rewards, what are the typically the best cards to look at? You know, I would say 
I can tell you what the best travel cards are overall. What are the most popular cards, um, which would just be off the top of my head. Chase Sapphire uh, Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve. I like the Platinum card from American Express. Um, Those are three really good ones for travel, but you will have to have kind of a, a high credit score in order to be approved. So if you're going to apply for a travel rewards card, definitely a tip is to make sure you check your own credit score before applying so that you're, you know, not caught off guard if you don't get approved. So basically what you're saying is those are the higher end cards, which usually the higher limits. So they want to give those people the uh, rewards. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, good, good, good. Now, um, let's see. So what are the big, do, do you have the, the, the survey unpacked? What are the, places that people want to go see? You know what? We didn't talk about that too much in the survey, but I would imagine that um, people are now thinking of traveling internationally. And actually, there actually, I do have some stats on that for you. I, um, I found that a, a fourth of Gen Z and millennials are planning to take that big bucket list trip this year while a third of travelers that make over $100,000 a year are planning to take international trips. But um, so that's kind of an interesting finding. People are ready. They're ready to spend money. They're ready to take a big trip, you know, do the trips that they've been waiting to take for a couple of years now. Um, so that's it's finally happening. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The interesting part is I have a niece that was supposed to get married in 2020. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> because of COVID, they're getting married next month. <laughs> so yeah. we postponed it twice. So yeah, I could see that too. One of the big question is, is you, you've traveled around the world. Um, what is the best advice you can give somebody for looking to travel around the world, especially in these times? Um, I would say, Well, if you had asked me two years ago, my advice would probably be different than what it is now. But right Mm -hmm. now, I would say the absolute most important thing you can do is check the COVID restrictions. Know what you need before you go internationally and even domestically. I mean, uh, I know some states in the U.S. are requiring, um, gosh, we're not calling it green passes, but they're just... Uh, requiring that you show your vaccination status or negative COVID test in order to go to places like movie theaters, restaurants, stuff like that. And abroad, I know that that's definitely a thing, especially I'm planning a trip to Italy next month. So (laughs) I've been looking into that and um, yeah, they require the green pass or the uh, COVID vaccination card everywhere you go. So that's super important. And I would say, yeah, check the requirements for entry, check the requirements for entry, re-entry back into the U.S. Um, that's going to be number one. <laughs> when you talk about a green pass, I know in the United States, we have those cards that are from the CDC. Uh, is there a, a universal card that people should have? Um, like, for example, in you know what we put our information in, to uh, here in California into a little electronic card that we can show when we go to, um, you know, a play or something like that. Is it something similar when you're traveling overseas? You know what? I really wish it was. (laughs) And in fact, I wish that they had something like that for this country, because I know that it it varies state by state. Um, Some states have apps, but if you're from out of state, you might not have access to that app. Um, And I think that's kind of the same thing. For example, the Green Pass in Italy, I've been doing a little bit of reading on this, and it doesn't look like 
Um, if you're from the U.S., you're able to use the green pass that they're using over there. Don't quote me on that. I'm not positive, mm-hmm. but I think that that's the case. So what they're saying is that if you're from the United States, you can use your regular COVID, uh, you know, government issued COVID vaccine card. And that will work in place of, you know, using the app or something. Would it be great if they would get a worldwide universal app or at least a United States wide app? Absolutely. <laughs> but so far, I haven't seen or heard anything uh, like that. Okay, great. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills and uh, be right back. So stick with us. We have more Sophia Mendel. She's talking about travel, credit card rewards and more. We'll be right back in just a few moments here on Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship. Now, I want to thank you for joining us, sharing us with your friends and family. And you know what? All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful insight and information, hey, check us out on our YouTube channel, Spotify or Google Play. I'd like to have you check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio in New York City. All these networkers are, are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. Now, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can go to Saving with Steve Sexton. You can get insider gifts. You can get guest gifts. You can view all the replays. Again, that's savingwithsteve.us. Now back with Sophia Mendel. Hey, we'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, what we were talking about having number one thing is to have that green card if you're, you're European or that CDC card if you're United States. After that, what's the most important thing people should be looking at when they're looking to travel overseas? That is a really good question, Steve. I would say, um, I would say plan your route. I, I like to plan. So I'm a big planner. I would say know where you're going, know how to get from place to place. Look at the most uh, economical way to get from place to place, whether that's say you're going to Europe trains or maybe it's uh, cheap flights. Or if you're not on a budget, just, you know, if you're not on a budget and you're not uh, concerned with time constraints, maybe rent a car, uh, maybe hire a private car, anything, you know, stuff like that is good. I like to say if you're going somewhere more, a little bit more off the beaten path, um, 
check if you can drink the water is a big one that's burned me a couple of times. Um, check to see, you know, is the street food something that is, uh, is something that you can comfortably eat and not get sick from travel illness is a big thing for me. <laughs> well, I think that's big for everybody. Cause even though, you know what, um, I had the deep fried, um, <laughs> spiders and stuff like that in other countries, oh which God. seem gross to people, but they actually taste like, you know, um, candy pecans, uh, with, a, <laughs> with an almond filling. Uh, but, uh, I also seen people eat stuff and the next day. They were in really tough shape. Yep. So I, I agree with that one. And also the drink, the water stuff is very, very big. I was in certain parts of South Africa while I was working there and I just decided to drink out of a fountain and, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I lost, <laughs> lost a lot of unwanted weight in the next five days. So yep, uh, it's, it's one of those things where regardless of how great your constitution is, it's important to do those <laughs> things. Now, um, that's really important. So the next thing is this. We've seen a big rise in remote work, and obviously it makes it easier to get away. But you know what? What should people be thinking about? If they are, you know, what considering, you know, getting away, doing remote work, what do they need to be concerned about, you know, self-service, you know, whatever the case may be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, actually, uh, according to our survey, we found that about uh, 40% of Gen Z and millennials are actually planning to take uh, to work remotely on at least one of their trips. And 30% of all Americans are planning, which is to do that. So that's a huge, huge amount. I mean, definitely up from what it would have been before COVID. So yeah, these tips will be uh, useful. I would imagine. I would say check the time zone where you're, where you're headed, make sure that it aligns appropriately with your work schedule. Um, Figure out with your employer, how you can make that work. If there's a time difference, even for me, I'm, I'm heading to uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil to, uh, work and check it out. And I'm going to do the digital nomad thing. So I, it's only two hours ahead of the time zone that I'm usually in, but it totally adjusts my work schedule. So I have to uh, account for that. Um, I would say, make sure that you are going to work in a place that has appropriate Wi-Fi connection. Um, that's going to be open and quiet during when you need to work. Um, and definitely set boundaries because if you're going to a new place and you want to work remotely, you want to make sure you have enough time to enjoy yourself while you're there, enjoy while you want to enjoy and work when you need to work. So for me, that's the hardest thing to figure out how to set those types of boundaries. Now, what about, you know, the Airbnbs and places like that overseas? How does that work? Is it different than what we, you know, experiencing over here or is it just the same? What do you have to watch out for? Um, As far as renting an Airbnb, you mean? Yep. Yep. Gosh, you know, in my experience, it's been, it's similar. Renting an Airbnb in the U.S. uh, and renting an Airbnb abroad is really similar. It can get tricky, as you mentioned before, with like cell service and things like that. Um, If your phone isn't working, a lot of times you need to connect with your host once you're in the destination. Um, I know kind of a relatively new thing is a lot of uh, cell phone um, providers like AT&T, you can do just like turn on your data for $10 a day and then use your phone normally. And so that might be worth it if you're doing a, an Airbnb or a VRBO type situation. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Now, when it comes to the actual travel plans in your overseas, are there basic or um, what are the best websites or locations to go to get the best airline uh, ticket prices? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> I, <laughs> Sounds I, like you've done that before. <laughs> I have done that a time or two. <laughs> I, um, Google Flights is by and large my go-to. I feel that Google Flights has um, the most resources. It's super useful to use. Uh, it has like a lot of elements that you can use to find. If you're not sure where you want to go, it has kind of a map with flight prices. If you're flexible on your dates, it has um, a map with, you know, when's the cheapest date or when's, you know, when is it going to be more expensive? Um, the only thing I will say about using Google flights is that some airlines are not, uh, on Google flights. For example, uh, Southwest, you have to go to their website specifically, um, off the top of my head, I can't think of which other airlines are not included on Google flights, but for the most part, it, it covers a lot of, uh, you know, most of what you'd need. Okay. Um, and uh, that's, that's great. That's good to know. Now, uh, when it comes to, you know, renting cars and things like that, um, I, I mean, is it, you, hey, you can go to Enterprise, uh, Alamo, and obviously there's different carriers when you're going overseas. Uh, but is it, is there things to look out for when renting vehicles? Is there insurance is an issue? Um, yeah, I, um, I can actually speak to this personally. My boyfriend and I just went to AAA the other day to get our international driver's permits because we're yeah. planning on renting a car in Italy. Um, and I would have never expected that you'd need that, but I read, you know, a, somebody else's travel blog online that said, do not rent a car unless you have your international driver's permits because you might need, um, you might need that in addition to the insurance or there can be big fines or you can run into all sorts of issues. So that's not, you know, that's not a blanket statement for all countries. I don't know if every place requires something like that. Definitely Italy does. And I would imagine other places in Europe do too. So how much did it cost you to get a, a international uh, driver's permit at AAA? It was like 20 bucks. It was so cheap. <laughs> yeah, It's worth the 20 bucks. You know what? I, I actually can... <laughs> Um, vouch for that because when I worked overseas, which is like eight years straight, um, yeah. I always had a um, international. I thought it was a national driver's license, but it's an international driver's permit. Yeah. And for that twenty dollars, um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'll say this: um, if you don't have what the country requires, um, you're looked on as like a scuff law. So you could be the <laughs> one that could be responsible for an accident, even though you might not have been in fault just right. because you're a foreigner without the right documents. So, you know, not right. to scare everybody, but I've, <laughs> it, I've had conversations with many people that have had issues with that. So good call. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great piece of advice. Um, let's see. Last but not least, what's the most favorite place you've traveled to? Oh, don't ask me that. That's the hardest question. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Um, the favorite I would say, I would say maybe India. I mean, it was so fascinating. It was like the craziest, most different place that I've ever been. And I've been, I've been to every continent, I think, except for Antarctica, but it is on my list. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, India is just, it's loud, it's colorful, it's interesting. It's got great culture, nice people, 
really good food, but you have to be careful <laughs> about, yeah. about what you eat and drink there for sure. But yeah, no, India is great. South America obviously has a lot of, uh, a lot of its own character and, and culture. I'm not sure if that's obvious to everyone, but it's, uh, well, you know, I, every, every, I'll say this. I've, I've, I've sat with people in many airports and talked to them. Some people love places. Some people hate places. Right. It all depends on perspective. Yeah. My favorite part was South Africa going on a safari. Never yeah. forget it. Every time I talk about it, it's been 20 plus years. I still get goosebumps. <laughs> so it's just the perspective of what you get to see and what you've experienced. Yeah. Um, so uh, Sophia, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you for imparting your wisdom and your knowledge from your travel as well as with the credit card rewards. It means a lot to our viewers. Uh, and you know what? Sometime in the future, we'd love to have you back, talk a little bit about more, a little bit about travel, some rewards as well as some of the cool places you've been. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Everybody, this is Sophia Mandel with Value Penguin. Uh, hey, you know what? You probably want to check out her blog called Unbounded Traveler. Is that right? Yeah, The Unbounded Traveler. The Unbounded Traveler. Check <laughs> it out. I think that'd be pretty cool. She would probably love to um, communicate with you. With that, hey, you know what? Next week, we have uh, uh, Felix uh, Skipku. He's a cryptocurrency expert out of the Chicago, Illinois area. And for all you cryptocurrency people, you want to stick around for that. So look, look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks for being with us this week right here on Saving with Steve. Be safe, be healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. This is a special recording because we've had a power outage and I've had to go down the line to another office and use my hotspot. So hopefully we're going to have a good time. We're going to get all the stuff there. Hey, last week we talked to Sophia Mendel from Value Ping when she was discussing the best credit cards to use if you're traveling, whether you're traveling domestic or worldwide. I'll also be talking about the retirement saving benchmarks to keep you on track. But first we have Maddie Lanson. He's a scientist, nutritionist, podcast host, health coach, that specializes in weight loss, self-confidence for professional women and busy moms. Maddie has a weekly podcast on how to not get sick and die. That's special. Uh, it provides his followers and clients with deep dive into nutrition and how to develop healthy habits that last. So Maddie, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. 
Thanks, Steve. I appreciate the invite. I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking whatever we talk about. <laughs> well, you know what? When a lot of people don't realize, and they maybe do, maybe they don't, but they go on these paths where they're just eating horribly and they're not really taking care of themselves and it causes them health issues. As a result, mm-hmm. health issues cost money. And prolonged health issues, it's a shorter life and it's a less yeah. fulfilling life. When we have an opportunity, whether somebody's in Australia like you or somewhere else in the world or here in the States that can really provide some useful information that can impact the quality of somebody's life, it makes a difference. Our audience loves to hear it. So first of all, I'd like to just start unpacking why does the diet culture cause more problems than it actually cures? Mm, That's a really good question. And it's interesting, like, I guess this whole podcast is about finance because Diet culture is fundamentally a marketing strategy that results in the income of money for businesses in the short term and limited results for clients. And it's that instant gratification. Every health challenge or weight loss challenge seems to be getting shorter and shorter. Once upon a time, it was everybody knew that it would take some time because it took some time to develop this body and this situation. Then they sort of came down in size. It was six months, three months, 28 days, two weeks, um, (laughs) getting smaller and smaller But the genetics of the body haven't changed in that time at all to adapt to that kind of behavior. And now we've got, um, you know, some arguably some scam companies out there that sell detox teas, um, which, you know, have made millions and millions and millions of dollars, which are essentially laxative teas. Uh, That's not a good thing for the body. And so diet culture essentially is the idea that you can get a massive return on very little investment and that you go in and out, basically. You sort of go all in for a short period of time and then you feel deprived, you feel restricted, you haven't had the food you like, you're probably hungry and then you just go, I'm out. Once the program's over or even during the program, you're like, screw it. <laughs> I'm going mm-hmm. back to pizza and chocolate and wine because I'm, that made me happy. The space that I work in is working with the real cause of the problem of our health issues because I think diet culture doesn't address the real cause and neither does a lot of the things that happen in the hospital. And I worked for seven years in a cancer research hospital as a scientist and it's often just band-aiding the problem. So, companies are selling weight loss, right? Everybody wants weight loss. Everyone wants to look good, but nobody then peels the onion to look at what is underneath the behavior that's driving that, like those decisions that happen in your life. Um, And often it's got a lot to do with um, self-confidence, emotional eating, sugar addiction, eating when you're stressed, being in this world of abundant dopamine. And what I mean by that, dopamine is the happy hormone. So we've perpetually got access to social media, sugar, all these things that make us feel good in some way for a microsecond. And we just keep chasing it down the rabbit hole. We're all dopamine addicts to some degree. And Facebook has a like in Silicon Valley has a giant floor of uh, psychological engineers that are working every day to make their app more addictive to your dopamine pathways. The exact same things happening happening in the sugar industry. So, you know, it's not just uh, oh, I need to know which nutrition to eat. In my experience, I've spoken at conferences all over the world, retreats, wellness events. I've never met a person that didn't know meat and vegetables was a good idea. Um, everybody knows what to eat. The question is, why don't I eat it? I was listening to what you said, and my wife does this thing called a 21-day fix where she's supposed to work out so many times a day. She reduces what she's eating and all that kind of stuff. But quite frankly, for 21 days, she's miserable. 
I mean, her emotions are yeah. all over the place. And, you know, she, yeah, 21 days, she loses some weight. You know, it's all great. But about three, four weeks later, it starts coming back on. Those habits are gone. And she hates, you know, it's one of those things where she has to build herself up. So, okay, I got to do this. I got to look good for this. I got to look good for that. And yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because a lot of those programs use the metric or use the tool of willpower. And you don't have to go far in your own life, maybe this week, to realize willpower didn't last very long. And it's not designed to last very long. It's not a function of the brain that's designed to last a long period of time. And so when you're setting your mind up for misery and knowing that things aren't going to go well, I mean, you're not going to feel good, but you're going to get this tiny little advantage that'll make you feel good for about five minutes. It's obviously so meaningless that you give it up straight away. The process hasn't gone deep enough. Like we've got to peel the onion and it's it's about, it's not just about behavior change and habits. It's about an identity shift. And like you want to decide to be a different version of yourself from now on. And that's not an easy process. That takes some work, some deep work and looking into the reason that the current version of you flourishes. And it's the same with money habits, right? It's the same with any habits in our life. There's a reason that what we do now is what we do by default. And that's usually because our central nervous system and our reptilian brain, the deepest part of our brain that developed first, it is always seeking security, safety, and certainty in the environment so that it can predict that we won't die today, which sounds like an extreme example, but evolutionary biology says that we're always scanning our environment to make sure that is true. And so, if we've lived a life where we you know, unconsciously adopted these money beliefs or habits from our parents, our food habits from our parents or the people in our environment, and we've never really considered them before, we're just on autopilot. And then we do realize that, oh, These things are in place. They weren't mine to decide. I inherited them. But now that I'm aware of them, it's really hard to change them because I've been safe and secure and certain of my environment living this way for my entire life. I haven't died in like 40 years. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm still here. So the central nervous system is basically operates on the idea of the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Even if intellectually and academically, you can make sense of why it would be better. And sure, it looks when I see other people on Instagram rocking these amazing healthy lives, it looks good, but I'm safe over here. And so that's why we use willpower to pretend to be someone else when actually we need to transform into somebody else. That's so true. One of the other questions that I wanted to bring up here, weight loss is not about food. It's about psychology. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to unpack that, but I want to say something here and I'm not trying to boast for myself. Um, I've been a workout guy all my life. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I do things consistently on a daily basis, eat consistently on a daily basis and kind of have my little, I call them little rhythm registers. Like I do every single day, I'll stay within this certain weight. I'll feel good. My joints won't hurt. My back won't hurt. All that kind of good stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, my wife thinks it's nuts because I'm just so robotic and I don't have a problem eating the same thing every single day. So I understand that. But When we start looking at understanding how weight loss is really not about the food, it is about the psychology, I need you to break that down so people can understand why it is about the psychology and not always about what you eat. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it comes back to just sort of what we've been discussing already, which is that it's like it's so easy to get pleasure. 
people might not think that eating a little piece of chocolate is like safety or security or all of those things. But when we're stressed, our hormones, cortisol and adrenaline go up, which tells our mind and our central nervous system that there's danger. And so we naturally want to swing to the other side of the spectrum, which is dopamine and serotonin, which is happiness, pleasure, or even oxytocin, which is like human connection and safety. And so the fastest way to do that is with um, man-made, man-heavily manipulated refined sugars and carbohydrates because they feel pleasurable. They're mouth pleasure. They're not pleasure for any part, other part of the body. <laughs> so we have to figure out how in our mind we can access those dopamine and safety, security, certainty mechanisms that not from food. Uh, and that's, that's a significant part of what I do in my program. It's learning to identify in your environment other ways to get those needs met that are not with food whilst simultaneously changing the narrative that you have in your life about the struggle and the stress and the pain. Because, yeah, again, we've got to come at it from both sides. We've got to address the problem, but we also have to come up with a different solution. That's wonderful. Hey, look, we're going to need to take a quick little break. So please stick with us. We'll be right back with more Savings Steve. We're going to talk about your ins and outs of money. So stick with us. We're going to pay some bills and be back in a few seconds. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into the Saving with Steve show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on the Saving with Steve show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, I really want to really thank everyone for letting your friends and family know, hey, we have well more than 600,000 people listening to the show. Just in the United States and internationally, it's over 60,000. If you want to check out some of the replays, you just go to savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful insights with Saving and Steve, I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Google Play. So you don't miss this show. You can check us out on a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio, New York City, as well as AMFM 247. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can always go to Saving with Steve Sexton for guest gifts, replays, the whole shot. So we're back with Maddie Lanston. This is just unbelievable. If you're looking at the dieting side of thing, the psychology behind it, we're talking about it all. It's really important that you understand some of these things when you go into dieting. And especially if you've been through that cycle of dieting where, hey, you're doing good for a couple months and then you just go off the rails. Uh, so, you know what? We have Maddie Lansden. You know, it's wonderful. He's got this wonderful podcast. Uh, you really want to check it out because it can make a difference in your life. And I just love the title. 
So it's a weekly podcast. And Maddie, when does the podcast run? What days? Uh, Wednesday here in Australia and so Tuesday for the US. Okay, perfect. And the podcast is named How to Not Get Sick and Die. Very simple, very straightforward. But you know what? When it comes to talking about the ins and outs of money, the healthier you stay, the less money you spend, the less of your money falls through the cracks to healthcare that you don't want to. And you know what? If you stay healthy, you can redirect those things. So it's what's important to you, like having wonderful experiences uh, and so on, being with family members and all that. So let's keep talking to Maddie here. Let's talk about low-carb nutrition for weight loss and emotional eating. That's a topic we got to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I guess... There's two different concepts in that question. So emotional eating, basically every single human, at least in the Western world where we've got privilege excess of food everywhere, is an emotional eater. If you eat at your desk whilst you're working, you're an emotional eater. If you eat with your phone in your hand whilst watching TV, you're an emotional eater. If you eat while you're driving, you're an emotional eater. And the idea of somebody that emotionally eats is to identify, am I eating food when I'm not totally 100% present with what's happening in the current moment? And often in all of those situations, we're distracted by something else. And you might even be in a situation where you're sometimes you eat or you even like you get some chocolate or something that you really want to enjoy and you eat it and you don't even remember eating it because you weren't present. And you're like, oh my God, the packet's empty already. I need another one. Um, And so the catch with emotional eating is that we use things, and this is the same for men, even though men might feel weird about some of these words. We use it for comfort. We use it for nurture. We use it to soothe all of these uncomfortable emotions that we may be aware or not aware that are coming up, which is stress, discomfort, anger, frustration. You know, it might be a fight with your partner and you might find that there's a loop that every time you come together to solve the problem or to get over it, you order a pizza. Like, We're using food to solve emotional problems. And a lot of this happens because one, the dopamine situation that I mentioned before of like making us feel like we're back in control and we're understanding what's going on. And and the food is these dopamine spikes is allowing us to feel that the stress is going down. We're back in the driver's seat of our own life. However, obviously putting that food into our body is tearing our body down. It's meaning we're going to get brain fog. We're going to get gain weight. We're not going to be able to focus. Our performance is going to be limited. You know, Obviously, you can connect that to not making great money decisions. And the other thing too is that the world is becoming so automated that there's no pain response in the brain when you part ways with your money. That's what they discovered with the credit card when they first discovered that if you delay the pain of giving up the finance that you could get so much more money out of people whilst they were just stuck in the first decision of making the purchase. And so we've got the same situation with the food we make. It's like you are not connected through your phone to the actual expenditure of the money emotionally. You're not connected to it leaving your bank account. You press a couple of buttons inside of Uber and it's getting to the point where basically Uber or maybe even Amazon Prime, the next step is that they will literally feed you, like they'll literally put the food in your mouth. So there's no connection to what is this food doing to me or what is the money expenditure on this stuff doing to my bank account, you know? And so we've got to reconnect all of those dots which were once really natural because we'd hand over physical cash and be like, oh, I'm giving away something that I've earned. Like right now I'm making a trade. Is this a worthwhile trade? And it's the same thing we have to think about with food because if we're eating high sugar, high refined carbohydrate diets, anything in a bag, a box or a can that's man-made, it's highly likely that it's manipulated in an unfavorable way for your uh, biology. 
then we're making that same decision without thinking about the consequences. Because obviously, we don't have a feast and we gain 10 pounds in one sitting. It's the same thing. We eat all this food and the consequences come later. Um, but we're not, we're not really connected to them. And so, we, we need to understand, I guess, that moving to a nutrition, or an approximate nutrition plan that resembles how humans survived the first 500,000 years is where we need to head. Because even though there's all this amazing technology and all these different foods that exist in 2022, our genetics have not changed in thousands and thousands of years, which is why we have, no matter how good medicine is becoming and how great calorie count is becoming, we've got a world that is overweight, sick, and dying at younger ages than ever before. And that's because we've got a food industry and well, and also like a social industry that doesn't support health. Um, and why would they want to? Because healthy people don't buy drugs. Healthy people aren't addicted to their phones. You know, there's, there's a lot of economic incentive in these companies to keep you unwell and to keep you unfocused and not performing very well, but performing good enough that they can get some productivity out of you for their company. And so we have to move to a, a dietary template, generally speaking, that resembles, yeah, how humans have survived for thousands and thousands of years. And in most parts of the world, that's going to be low carbohydrate. Now, it's really important, especially for women, to know that that's not no carbohydrate. There's a very big difference. When I speak about no carb, it's refined sugars and carbohydrates. You can have all the vegetables you like, um, even though like vegetables are 99% carbohydrates, most of them. Um, so vegetables are a very, very important part, particularly for women's menstrual cycles and that type of thing. The other thing is in this world is with that low carb nutrition template is that there shouldn't be a list of foods that you can't have because that psychology of not being allowed to have something is why diets fail. You get to the end and you're like, oh, I finally get the chocolate. I finally get the wine. I finally get the pizza back. Like as soon as we have this narrative between, I really, really want it. Don't do it. Really, really want it. Don't do it. Like you, everybody just, knows who wins, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's like, so, you know, it's yeah. like the kid jumping, jump, I want this, I want this. And you're just right here. <laughs> Well, it's interesting you say that because inside my program, that's exactly how we do it. It's the conversation between the inner child and the inner parent. And it's like a tennis match and the inner child wins every time, which is why yo-yo diet culture exists. Oh, it's so funny because everything you're talking about, I've done. I mean, I used to like red licorice and my wife would buy a big one of those big containers from like a Costco or a warehouse store. And mm -hmm. I could eat that thing through the weekend just by walking between the couch and the pantry. Yeah. And it was real easy. And I finally said, you can't buy those anymore because yeah. that's me. The reality is it's my trigger. I grew up loving red licorice. I don't eat it anymore because it causes me a stomachache because I'll eat the whole container. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and a lot of our behaviors like that are connected to childhood stuff for many people or some kind of pain or difficult situation that happened in their life. And when we unpack that to find what is the cause of this, it's often an uncomfortable truth, which is makes total sense why we go towards sugar because comforts us. It fills the gap of soothing us. Every time you talk about this, I think back to when I was a little kid because I was an overactive kid. I had like Redlin back in the day and yeah. I stopped taking Redlin when I stopped eating sugar. And then my right. brains all of a sudden got really, really good. And I got really smart all of a sudden. Uh, but that's the reality of it. You know what, Maddie, this has been wonderful. I want to thank you for being here today, but I would like to take a few minutes and have you talk about your podcast, how people can get a hold of you, whether it be through the internet, by phone. I know you're in Australia, but I think people all over the world need your help. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. So my website is just mattylansdown.com. So M-A-T-T-Y-L-A-N-S-D-O-W-N.com. So you can check out a bunch of things there. I've got a Facebook group, so which is designed for women and busy mothers. So come and hang out there with us. I'll send over the link, Steve. And the podcast. How to not get sick and die. So it's a sort of, it's being described as a one stop shop for health and wellness. Uh, we've got phenomenal guests and I do a lot of solo episodes myself. So come and hang out. I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to share that, Steve. Um, Maddie, this has been wonderful. I'm going to say this um, 85% of our listeners are female between the age mm-hmm. of 45 and 65. When I started sharing about what you do and all the resounding responses, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think you might have a few people come and take a look at your podcast and take a look at your website to see how you can help them. So, again, I want to thank you so much for joining us and shedding the light on many of the things that we all struggle with and ha- mm-hmm. that there's an actual answer, which is very, very cool. And with that, I just wish you to stay safe, stay healthy. I would love to have you back sometime soon. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Steve. And same to you. I appreciate your time and energy and this connection. And yeah, hopefully people get something out of it. Great. Hey, look, guys, stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saving with Steve. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the show. I would truly want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends, family, and associates know about the show All the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information and insight in Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel or Google Play channel so you can never miss a show. And check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, E360 TV. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. You can also follow us on Facebook, join the Saving with Steve Sexton Insiders Club, get all the guest replays, exclusive gifts, and so on. We just finished with Maddie Lanson. It's time to talk. We're a little more than halfway through the year. It's a great time to start looking at your retirement saving benchmarks to make sure you're on track. 
How do you know if you're on track for retirement? What are the benchmarks? As, as you save for retirement, it's beneficial to know how much to save, whether you're on the right track. From everyone's situation is different, of course, but there are some useful retirement benchmarks that can give you some sense of how you're doing to reach your goals. After comparing your numbers to the benchmarks, you can then work on making any necessary adjustments and then check your progress on a regular basis. To set your retirement savings benchmark, you need to consider two factors. How much you've already saved for retirement at your current age, then compare your savings against your current gross income to begin setting savings goals based off your income. So what is a good retirement savings goal? Many financial institutions experts have a few guidelines to help answer those questions. Now, for example, when it comes to fidelities, has created the following set of benchmarks on ages for people that are 50 or 60. So if you're looking at 50 years old, you should have six times your annual salary. Okay, what does that mean? If you're 50 and you make $30,000 a year, you should have about $180,000 saved, okay? If you're 55, it's seven times, 60, it's eight times, and 67, it's 10 times your annual salary. Another benchmark concept aimed to replace nearly 80% of your current annual income in retirement. So you can maintain your lifestyle once you retire. Of course, the big unknowable is how long you will live and how long should your savings last, okay? Now, here's an example using the 85% rule on life expectancy. Say you were born in 1970, you're now 51, and you want to retire at 67. You'll retire at 2037. Let's assume your annual income is $40,000. If you expect to retire in 20 years, after retirement, you'll need 32,000 times 20 or $640,000 in retirement savings. Then you want to look at the 4% rule for retirement draws, another widely used benchmark to help you determine how much your retirement saving you can afford to withdraw each year in your retirement. The 4% rule indicates, it suggests that you will draw 4% of your retirement balance. Now, there's many, many financial experts that are actually saying, hey, instead of a 4% rule, you need to take a 3% rule. The reality is you need to have something comfortable on a distribution standpoint. You need to look at your average rates of return, where you're looking at, okay? When determining how much you need to save, it also help consider, you know, these three things, the amount. Experts suggest saving at least 15% of your pre-tax income annually if you can counts. Factor in your other sources of retirement income, such as social security benefits, employer pensions, investment, retirement accounts, rental accounts, any part-time employment, asset mix. The higher the percentage of retirement savings in stocks, historically speaking, the higher your portfolio will have a rate of return. But you also have to take a look at reducing that risk as you get closer to retirement. Because the last thing you need is what's happened recently, where you've seen a 20 or 30 or 35% drop in your retirement assets, so it's important to pay attention. After aiming for these benchmarks, you discover you're not on track, don't lose hope. Focus on what you can do to help you get back up to speed. That might mean revving up your annual savings, opening or funding a retirement account, investing less conservatively, or using a health savings account to save for retire for medical costs. Hiring a good financial advisor 
can be useful too. The professional can show you ways to keep on track, work with you to keep on track and so on. So it's really important to look at those pen facts, find out where you're at and keep pushing towards your goals because retirement is a long-term accumulation event. The key is accumulate as much as you possibly can. You know what? I want to thank you all for joining us today on Saving with Steve where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Today, we had Manny Lanson. He was talking about the proper way to diet and how to get past those triggers that keep you going back and not being able to lose weight or you lose the weight and gain it back. He works with people all the time. You want to go to his website. He's something special. With that, I wish you all well. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll look forward to seeing you next week right here on Saving with Steve. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton.